I didn't have a chance to think up a catchy intro, so catch me on the next one. <laughs> By the next one, I mean probably the third welcome, one. Welcome to uh, Hex Drinkers After Dark, where we're just going to spit some straight facts for like 30, 40 minutes about some of the things that are happening in Magic. A little more topical than uh, our normal podcast, where we make Julian edit them for about a week as he's sanity phrase and so forth so this is more of an off-the-cuff format we're trying out uh and today we're going to talk about alchemy and digital only stuff something that hasn't really come up on the pod before uh, but we thought you know we would give our very uninformed opinions on these topics as people who don't really play digital only formats very much although i think julian did do some stuff with historic a while ago julian how's historic nowadays all right listen first off i'm pretty pissed at what? Because Chev completely just took the intro from me. And like I said, I didn't have time to come up with something. But at least mine would have been more fun than whatever you did. So now I'm upset. Well, you, you lost your that's the whole point of this podcast. That's the whole point of this podcast, it's really. It's for Julie to be upset. This is Hex Drinkers After Dark. This is uh, us just saying whatever the heck we feel like. The, the, the unfiltered, uncut raw dirty dog version of the hex drinkers where we also talk about other things that we're not going to talk about on the cast because you know our our other co-hosts don't really care about standard or i mean i don't care about time sensitive i don't know what you're talking to me about that whatever yeah but i want to talk about this talk about some other i voluntold you to get on the cast bitch (laughs) but anyway yeah um great i'm definitely gonna have to like Never mind. Uh, yeah. So alchemy, alchemy, and 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 and, and in a wider sense, uh, digital only aspects of Magic: The Gathering. Um, first off, what is alchemy? Uh, it is a format that just released as of this recording, like last week, uh, just under a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like last Thursday or something. It's a Monday right now, um, and it is a digital only format in a re- uh, MTG arena only format that basically functions as standard, but it's got other cards that they're putting into it and they're changing existing cards. Mm-hmm. They are errating existing cards basically um, so that they're more balanced. So these are oftentimes banned cards, uh, cards that are causing problems like Alrin's Epiphany and Eska's Chariot right. are not banned in the standard, but a lot of people thought they were going to be. Uh, but they've just been changed in this format. So this is this is a this is a living, breathing format where wizards can kind of tweak things um, in a more nuanced way right. and on the fly, as opposed to have having to straight up ban cards, which has a much more lasting and negative connotation. I guess. Yeah. Not that. This might be something we talk about later, but not that like paper really even exists anymore. <laughs> but like this is technically a paper card game, so you just use whiteout you know, on your card. Normally, nor yeah, they would have to ban something, and they've been pretty trigger happy, and rightfully so, with the banning in the last let's say three years, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that they would want to do nearly on the level that they're going to do with alchemy. I think there's already like six or seven cards that are, have been. Yeah. There's six or seven re-altered. cards, but something interesting to point out too is while most of the time I'm, I'm sure these effects will be the nerfing of cards. We've mentioned Eska's chariot. We mentioned Alrin's epiphany. There are some cards that actually have gotten better um, with the rebalancing. The one that's, that's coming to mind is the wizard class from, um, 
from Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. The final ability uh, used to cost five mana and now only costs three. And so it's interesting, especially when we kind of get into this topic of what the digital nerfings and like rebalancings mean is in a format like like we like uh, Commander, you know, these aren't changes that happen to physical cards. Will you run into anyone who's trying to play the better version of these cards? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, okay. First off, how do we feel about alchemy? I'll go first. Okay. I think it's, I think it's, it's cool that they're trying to do this because it, it quote unquote fixes standard, right? Um, I, play the most standard and talk about standard the most mm-hmm. out of anyone on the hex drinkers. Um, and that's not even to say that I'm in a standard aficionado, but like ever since arena really came, you know, to the forefront, like, I don't know, I'd say li- mid to late 2019 was when I started playing. I've been playing standard all the way through and it's been quite the roller coaster, but you don't need me not here to for tell standard. you that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. In general, if you're listening to this content, uh, you don't need me to tell you about that because you, either you don't care or already know. Um, but I like that they're trying to fix it. And it's cool because they can really uh, cater to it in one, cards that they wanted to be good or cards that they wanted to show up. Like, we just had a vampire set. There's no vampire deck in standard. You can easily buff a bunch of these vampire cards or correspondingly nerf other cards that might be pushing them out of the format so that everything can kind of see its play. And also they're adding new cards. So cards right. that shore up, like there's a few really good werewolf cards that just like got printed in this that, um, I, I mean, werewolves was like already sort of, sort of a deck after Midnight Hunt, um, not so much after Crimson Vow, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a some sort of werewolf deck, or maybe with something like Collected Company in Historic, you can you can start doing a werewolf deck. But it's it's cool that they're able to kind of do this. Um, I know we don't we don't mention other card games, but like this is kind of something that uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh does. Basically, whenever they like, because Yu-Gi-Oh is is much more um, like there's like eight. They're like here's like. 30 cards that all go in this one archetype and you play them all together and nowhere else. Mm-hmm. So when they have like a new thing, they're like, okay, like the new thing is like a full new I experience. Yeah. It's well, no, they're like the new, the new archetype is like Furbies or something <laughs> stupid, you know? Yeah. And they're like, all right, here's all your Furbies. They're going to be buffed as shit. And we're going to like nuke some cards or like errata some cards so that you're going to get that. And then when the next set comes out, we'll fuck with the Furbies. And then, mm-hmm. That's kind of how they, they did it. Obviously, Wizards is better at running their card game than uh, Konami. And also, you know, it's just a, a better card game in general. But this is sort of what they can do there. Yeah. I, so I think that's cool. I, I think I, I have some some very mixed opinions, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Uh, the, the biggest one is is unfortunately not enough about alchemy itself. But it's about if, if alchemy is in, being introduced as a format, that means... The arena client is now responsible for alchemy, standard, historic, brawl, I technically, historic, brawl, a couple others. But I, I hope this is coming with more people are being put onto the game to work as opposed to people are being re-sort of moved around within the company. And, and I think it's really cool that alchemy has the ability to kind of edit cards and like you were saying, Julian, kind of change things that they wanted to be good. But when we have things like... Omnath that came out in Zendikar Rising and was instantly a problem. 
it makes me wonder if there's going to be less of an emphasis on pre-fixing cards prior to release when the number one way that kind of the game is being played currently is digital. So will we have more things that are broken early and fixed online? Uh, assume Since Wizards can, for the most part, assume that the most popular format of Magic and Paper is Commander and that Commander has enough answers to these threats that are a little bit broken. So my concern is what this does to formats that can't auto-adjust. And hopefully this doesn't mean that less effort is being put into kind of the pre the pre-pre-standard or all those different things that Wizards supposedly does to kind of uh, test cards prior to release. Because we've seen so many things break through in recent years, causing the Banhammer to be happy. So how has the development of Alchemy affected that? On the more positive side, um, Alchemy definitely seems like it could be interesting and utilizing some of the, the mechanics we originally saw in Jumpstart Horizons uh, earlier in the year, uh, Seek, Perpetuate, uh, spell book, th those kind of ones that really only work digitally, but we'll get into to some of that a little bit later. And as as a format goes, I believe there was something from Wizards saying that every new set going forward will have some alchemy cards, which is a very interesting sort of thing that's coming out. And that's why all of these were alchemy Innistrad, where I'm sure we'll get a ton of them with uh, Kamigawa when we go back and so on and so forth. So it it's, seems like there's a lot of effort being put into this. I think it'll be really interesting. I also have some sneaking suspicions that this will... The, the goal is for this to replace standard as a paper format, as an online format. I think that is the trajectory of this. So a few things. I, I, I think you brought up some really good points. One, I think it should be said that knowing how Wizards and how Hasbro... Um, has has directed things in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if the amount of people who are required to uh, really make everything up to snuff in terms of developing arena, mm -hmm. uh, developing alchemy cards, testing for this, that sort of stuff. I I think we've already established many moons ago that there are not enough people, yeah. or potentially that some of the people on these teams are not qualified to be on these teams. Um, I, I think if you have, if you have the R and D testing team that is responsible for uh, throne of Eldraine and Ikoria standard, I, I think we've already established that they, they can't even do standard properly. So if, if you now all of a sudden they're, they're even more trigger happy because they can just fix things. Right. In alchemy, right. Then fix it yes, in post. Paper yeah. cards, <laughs> paper cards, um, but that's that's another thing that I want to bring up is that paper formats and the existence of like kind of standard as the main competitive vehicle for mm -hmm. for for magic it's just got to be dead, right? I think like I just don't yeah. think that it can the way the the writing for me is on the wall and I'm like I it just does not look like Wizards gives a flying fuck about standard and really a lot of people playing competitively yeah i we've definitely seen a lot of changes and this is definitely a conversation for another day uh in the competitive scene and kind of winding it down in a sense which is wild and if you think about from from a big corporate daddy perspective uh it's so much easier to print quote-unquote cards for digital formats so many more, less resources you don't have to worry about printing delays or the the leaks we've seen from people taking pictures at printing places like when Ixalan had its entire rare sheet exposed uh, because they're all digital. And of course, you know, something slips through the cracks and can be fixed. And in a best case scenario, that's what this is. Uh, 
But like you said, we've we've seen less competitive formats and, and with the pandemic still sort of limiting the amount of in-person play you can do when you're getting together, you're most likely, and it's been shown through the surveys and stuff, playing commander. So standard in paper, even modern in paper, it's hard for these to seem like they're getting the same amount of attention when in the last year or so, we've seen so many more developments in the digital space as opposed to their paper compatriots. Besides maybe Commander, but <laughs> that's yeah. always going to oh, get percent. I think I think Wizards was was like already trending. And, and like you said, Commander is... It's really... I love Commander, right? We, we mm-hmm. all love Commander. But like it's, it's getting to the point where I'm like, y'all need to relax <laughs> on you know, jerking commander players off with all this because it's it's just getting out of hand. But yeah, that's where the, the money is really for them. And I, I think Wizards was already moving away from this competitive space. And then, honestly, I think in the most fucked up way, they got like kind of tossed a freebie with the pandemic where they were like, well, sorry, can't can't do these these tournaments, can't can't support the, the competitive scene really. Um, and everything's on arena. And we've already seen that a lot of arena tournaments have had historic as a format, which yeah. is an arena only format mm-hmm. and has digital only cards in it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It just feels so weird to say that standard is going to be like an afterthought slash not even exist mm-hmm. because that has been like the staple of magic since, 1994 dude i remember so this is a long long time ago when chev and i were taking ap economics in uh senior of high school so this was like fucking 2015 six or seven years ago yeah yeah like six years ago um and we had to listen to this we had like to periodically listen to planet money from npr Mm -hmm. like that podcast and one of the podcasts was about uh like the finance of magic the gathering and how they had like this huge boom right in the beginning. And then as things, uh, you know, there was, there was like the talk about like a little bit about like the reserve list and how they did like these huge, like reprint stuffs. And then people were like, Oh, we want like value to this. But then the other, the other thing was they were like, how do we make sure that people continually buy our cards, especially since so many of the early cards were broken, they developed standard and they Mm -hmm. were like, okay, if you want to play this on a competitive level, if you want to go to the tournaments, we're going to rotate out. So you have to always be getting the newest stuff so that you can stay up to date to stay quote unquote meta. And, it's just wild to me that that's yeah i mean it's it's been a shift in how the cards operate right instead of that initial idea where all the old cards were broken or or that was seen as the power ceiling so you making new cards might not necessarily upset that and therefore you need to find another mechanism to make you buy new cards now a lot of the times it feels like new cards are constantly more powerful than old ones so the draw to buy new cards is just because they're better as opposed to because i have to and i think I think standard still has some some life in it, um, but like Julian's saying, I do believe this is in a very digital sense. Uh, granted, there's a lot of things that should be happening to the economy of Arena if it becomes more of the powerhouse, but also it seems to be making money hand over fist. So it's it's hard from a, a business perspective for someone to be like, I want to either make less money or uh, you know have it be better for for the people because there's not enough signs from the people that this is what we need because things are being purchased at a record rate so i think there's still some hope for it um but i think alchemy and historic are trying to slowly push out you know modern pioneer 
uh, all those other formats that kind of exist. Oh my God. (laughs) Rest in peace pioneer that they tried to do for like a year. We're like, yeah, whatever. And then tried to bring back and immediately got once again, I mean, everything got fucked by the, yeah, yeah. but it's just, it's definitely been an interesting time. Um, well, sorry, sorry. Something I want to say though, is that that's really the only thing that I can see that would make alchemy fail is just the fact that they're injecting so many more cards that are relevant. Mm -hmm. And so many of these are rares. And the biggest part of, like you said, arena is the economy and like the wild card system, Uh, mostly just like the lack of like any sort of like, um, crafting, like like Hearthstone, you can like, Mm -hmm. you know, recraft your cards or whatever shit like that. And the arena economy is already like, so I don't know if I want to go so far as to say predatory, but just, it is, it's very hard to, to do to do things without throwing fistfuls of money at this. And I really wish I knew how much, um, I mean, there's a lot of great content creators in the magic community. We love them, but like there are so many whales out there who just throw the money and get all the cards day one or day two that they need to get. And I really just wonder how much of that is affecting. Yeah. The decisions. Wizards not, because there are so many people who want to play, but, they don't have a, I mean, a crazy disposable income, um, or, you know, they just don't have the time to like grind yeah. to get whatever, or they just don't have the skill. Like technically you can go infinite on draft, but like how many people can do that really? Right. You know, a very small percentage. So I, I really, I don't know. We'll and, see. And don't forget, we'll don't see. forget people that are given access to accounts with unlimited credits or copies of all the cards, because prior to set release, you do get groups who get access to all the cards so they can try out new decks and new things and produce content. Um, One thing with Alchemy is they are selling Alchemy boosters, and I believe the system for them is that uh, in terms of duplicate protection, cards that in those Alchemy boosters uh, are going to be cards from the Alchemy set and cards from the most recent paper set that kind of the Alchemy set goes along with, uh, with the Alchemy cards being kind of favored slightly more. to get but yeah since a lot of them are rares you're gonna get a lot of chump commons from crimson val over and over again to do this um yeah i do probably want and to- also i mean how many there's so many rares in this you know they they released like 60 yeah there's about 62 cards, new cards i think um and i mean just looking at them real quick i want to say that at least two-thirds are rares or mythics yeah <clears throat> so it's like how many packs do you have to open to get and if you need a play set right these, yeah it's, I don't know. I mean, the arena economy is already fucked. I, I won't belabor that point anymore. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I have not tried to dip my toe into this yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see how everything plays out before I start investing time uh, and or money. Yeah. So, but I'm, that's my biggest worry, really. Yeah. I, I think the, the other big worry that's kind of been voiced is uh, when cards are nerfed, you currently do not get your wild cards back because the un, under the assumption that you know there's still a version of the card that you still own and you can play in other formats um but if all the other formats it's it's just no longer playable it's not a good enough card anymore there's no protection against that and unlike a format like hearthstone you can't get rid of your cards for a fraction of a card um in return or something like that the crafting system julian mentioned earlier so i think definitely before kind of putting money into this this is really something you'd want to see other people trying out other people playing before you do. And maybe that's 
kind of part of the appeal is you get people to play these decks with funded accounts and then you have to be more specific with your wild cards but none of that is a good time and it seems like there are a lot of better options besides make people pay 100 golds for an alchemy booster each time with the hope of getting one of the 60 new rares added to uh, the format yeah yeah that's for sure so something um, I, I kind of want to jump into from this um, is looking at a lot of these cards. We luckily uh, there haven't really been any new mechanics put in with the the alchemy cards. A lot of them are what we start, saw in Jumpstart Horizons with um, Seek, Perpetual, uh, Conjure. These guys we haven't seen any really new ones, and that's probably fair because there's only so many different things a computer actually allows you to do. Uh, but I wonder how many of these were made digitally specific because they wanted a digital set or how many of them could have slightly functioned um, without much work in a paper way. And so are, are we losing any of the sort of paper pool of play creatable cards by making these weird versions that are uh, alchemy or computer only? And I do have an example for this. Um, it's a rare called Sinister Reflections for two blue, an instant, Conjure a duplicate of each of up to two target non-token creatures you control into your hand. So one, another thing, a lot of these cards are incredibly dense with keywords and just an absolute wall of text to read. Uh, a conjure a duplicate of each of up to two target non-token creatures is going to be, for those of you who don't remember, conjuring is basically a token copy, but it's the same as the card. Uh, so you would basically have two copies of two creatures you control put into your hand that you can cast for their regular cost later on. But something like this, I wonder how much harder it would have been to have a card that bounces two non-token creatures to your hand and makes two token copies of them on the, on the battlefield. Now, granted, that doesn't protect you in case of like a bounce wrap, like Cyclonic Rift, right? If that were to happen in this case, your two copies that are on the field would be removed if they had become tokens. But is that the reason why this is conjure a duplicate of each of up to two and just made that much more wordy and less understandable? Or is it that way because that is more interesting or makes it a digital exclusive card? I, so th this is kind of like one of the other main things that I wanted to talk about is like how necessary are these? Could they be in paper mm -hmm. like you were saying? And and really like, are we are we moving into sort of a different game you know a lot of people i one second i gotta fucking fix this bass background in discord i keep seeing myself like pop in and out of existence and it's just really yeah how do I julian do julian did the the upsetting uh, or the uh he fell for the new snow backgrounds and so he selected one and so he just disappears every once in a while into the snow which i think he tried to avoid by moving to uh tennessee but that's true change background there we go. Yeah, it's actually been pretty pretty nice out here. Um, minus the tornado. Yeah, minus the giant tornadoes. That was, that was pretty <laughs> fucked. Um, anyway, though. The, there's ways to do... all. I, I feel like there's ways to do all of these cards in paper. Most most. Right, of them. right. But the amount of text would be so disgusting. And we, we already, we've talked multiple times this year about how they were getting pretty bad with the amount of text on these cards. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I, the thing is, I don't feel like these cards fill a needed gap mm -hmm. in, in play or in 
like with alchemy, they're adding cards in that um, potentially buff archetype uh, archetypes, you know, kind of shore up some of the weaknesses or just give more, you know, critical mass to um, decks that they want us they want to see play, like a vampire deck, like a werewolf deck, whatever. Um, but so many of these cards, especially the ones from like Jumpstart, um, Jumpstart Historic Horizons, which was the first uh, initiation of these digital only mm-hmm. mechanics where we got, I think like Seek and Conjure and um, Spellbook, it, which is like the... Yeah, Spellbook is rough. I There's like cards where they're just like, when some condition happens, you get a random card from a small selection of random cards that are only applicable to this, yeah. this one card. There are eight cards with Spellbooks in Alchemy and each one has a different Spellbook. And that's something you would have to look up or know prior to choosing to make this card. And then you're given a random selection of them. In a lot of the cases for this set, it's draft. So you're shown three random cards from the spell book and you pick one of them. Yeah. Which, the thing that's annoying is that so many of these mechanics are cool. They're instant gratification. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like Seek. It just, it, like, it just goes through your deck and pulls a card. It's like, boom, there you yeah. go. There's the card. Um so much of this is just the the amount of wording you would need to properly fit within the game and also mm. the like the logistical challenge of like technically seek goes through your deck until it finds a card that um hits the criteria noted on the card that is seeking and then pulls that straight to your hand or straight to play or right. where, wherever it goes to but like you wouldn't be able to go through your deck and find that because you would see the card slash you know, God forbid you tip your deck over yeah, or something yeah. and you have to like, you know, there's no shuffling either. So it's just logistically you can't. But the thing for me is that these cards are not filling. You know, it's not like we needed unexpected conversion to blue for a sorcery, draw two, and then exile an instant or sorcery from your hand. And then you can exile uh, any number of cards with the same name from your, your uh, deck. And then you get to seek for each card that you like first of all that's already way too many words but second of all it's like this is not do this is not making a deck tier one or like this is not Mm -hmm. making it so that you can play your disturbed tribal deck in standard you know what i mean like these cards that's that's my biggest issue with this is that these cards are complex for the sake of being complex and digital for the sake of being digital. And at what point are we crossing a line with this bevy of cards that don't really conform to what magic is, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that magic needs to stagnate. I don't think it is. I think that, honestly, they've been doing a great job in terms of new mechanics, new flavor, everything. Yeah. But, but, but why are we why are we doing this? Is it, is it for the shock factor? Is it for the, you know, if we put enough Michael Bay explosions in this movie, it'll make $50 million, even yeah. though the plot is horrible. Is that's what's going on? I, I feel um, like I, my, my opinion is a little bit different in that. I think this could have worked if digital standard was slightly different than regular standard or whatever, but with half the cards, like I think, I, I think you have a really cool idea in some of these cards um, that make a, a fun and interesting format but a lot of them seem complex, like you were saying, for complexity's sake, not necessarily adding anything. Like, I, I am... Even if the alchemy format only added one card to 
that made it different than standard. One card only. Tireless Angler, uh, three mana, one, four, and blue. Whenever an island enters the battlefield under your control, draft a card from Tireless Angler Spellbook. They're all giant fish. Like, that's just a ridiculous card, and that's fun. I think that's interesting. Um, and, and those sort of, like, very basic abilities that we, we like on a lot of magic cards where, you know, the set mechanic, the set mechanic is draft. Cool. Uh, you have this card. It does the thing. It's somewhat interesting. But, yeah, then you get some that are incredibly insane, and I just don't understand how they're helpful or, or even the, the mental processes required to kind of figure out how this is going to work in a certain environment. Or if you just kind of run them, if you get them, and then they work out for you enough times. But a, another example of a card I think is interesting, uh, using a different one of the mechanics, uh, Perpetuate, is Brittle Blast. Three mana instant. Creatures and planeswalkers your opponent control perpetually gain. If this permanent would die, exile it instead. Deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker. Like, that's an interesting idea, because we've seen these red spells that, you know, give something, if it were to die, exile it instead. And this way kind of perpetuates you know that ability and is something that could only be done digitally but a lot of these are way over the top and I'm, I'm trying to to find one now i think the classic example that's been kind of made fun of is this cycle of cards um like unexpected conversion which is draw two cards then you may exile an instant or sorcery from your hand if you do search your library Jeff, and hand already. for any number of cards with the same name exile them then shuffle seek an instant Jeff. or sorcery card exiled from your hand for seek a card for each card exiled this way and it's just it's so much like and, and you also don't already really know card. what you're getting what i said i already read that card like three times that was literally the card that i yeah read. i wasn't paying attention <laughs> that's Apparently. fine i understand <laughs> no it's, it's i already of, forgot no, that, what you once said again, there's too many words on this once thing. again that yeah that goes to show that like that this is just this is not an interesting card design this is just what if we just Blah, yeah. you know vomited words onto onto a card like this i don't know i just once again i feel like i kind of almost feel like they were like well what if we had like this thing where like you could just get a card out of your deck or like just like all of a sudden have a separate card obviously you know like a phys not like a token mm -hmm. card but like an actual physical card they i feel like they just had like a few of these ideas and they were like all right, well, let's just make as many cards that do this as possible mm -hmm. and and just made these cards as opposed to like, these are cards that need to exist. Right. Or... Yeah, no, no, agreed. Like, I just, I don't. So I think, I don't know. I think one of my, my favorite uh, design decisions or interesting ones is, so this set of 63 cards also has some legendaries. Legendaries ha have ha had a special place recently as, you know, a way to kind of get commander players interested in particular characters, etc. Because they more often than not cause problems in play design when you can only have one on the field in that classic legendary creature sort of idea. So we get some that are specific lore-based references, but this probably kind of resets their reprint clock or, or when we'll get another version of this character for paper. And what format do these cards being legendary in you know effect right because are they are they legal in brawl do we know if they're legal in brawl um i believe these will be legal or in historic brawl it would it would only make sense to me that these were legal in historic brawl okay. because what happens is um the for out for um these digital only cards the alchemy cards and the um 
rebalanced cards are what is legal in historic. Gotcha. Okay. So you can no longer have Omnath, right? Was originally banned, mm-hmm. but rebalanced Omnath is legal in historic. Okay. So that's how it works. So that's the only yeah. That's the only reason that I can see. That's the thing though, right? Is that people don't. I don't have the data, but just an educated guess that like people, a lot of people don't play brawl on, on arena. Even more people do not play historic brawl. So one, why are you wasting? Th- yeah. Like you said, these characters, when you could bring them back or reprint them in any sort of supplemental set, which I'm sure we'll freaking talk about the amount of yeah. straight to commander and supplemental sets that they've had. But, um, yeah. Why would, why would you waste this reprint potential? W- what's the point of making it legendary anyway really and and yeah like it's not you know the only reason that they started making so many legendary creatures is because they just wanted commander players to have commanders to play with yeah and you know and which obviously makes them money (laughs) coming soon commander on arena which would actually be pretty nice i would i don't know i just wish that they did i really like brawl i think brawl is i mean historic brawl is basically a commander on arena Mm -hmm. because it's 100 cards you know but it's just like then just push for that. Yeah. Or like give us four player brawl or give us four player, you know, or give it a new name, like something brawl. I don't know, you know, whatever. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with the, the, the legends. There's several, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm surprised the planeswalkers don't say this can be your commander. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but well, speaking of commander, whack cards like this are exactly what we're looking for. So are there are there any of these cards that kind of caught your eye, Chev, that you were like, not only could this probably be printed in paper, but actually I want this for a deck? Yeah, so I, I think one of the more interesting decisions to have on these digital-only cards is, like, we've got the, the set mechanics, uh, etc., but we also have cards that are tracking weird things um that you normally like number of turns track. what like i've seen a couple cards here that are like like lupine harbingers is just a four four trample haste which is already pretty good mm-hmm. for four but you can foretell it and then if you foretell it it enters with x counters where x is the number of turns you've begun since it was foretold so it's like there's a few cards that track like the number of turns in the game yeah or like the number of turns since something happened yeah mine mine was more even more arbitrary than that we have blood rage alpha uh, I'm, I'm still building my Tovalar commander deck, so I'm looking for those wolves. We got some interesting ones here. But Blood Rage Alpha is a 4-mana four 4-3 four, creature wolf. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. Another target wolf or werewolf you control fights target creature you don't control. Pretty solid. Or when you cast your next wolf or werewolf spell, it gains when this creature enters the battlefield. It fights up to one target creature you don't control. So that's like an added ability to your next wolf or werewolf that you technically have to keep track of. Track of. Nothing about this card says it can't be printed in paper, except the com- added complexity of like that delayed trigger. Another example is Electrostatic Blast for that, which is deal two damage to any target, two mana, uh, red instant. When you cast your next instant or sorcery, exile the top three cards. You may play one of those cards until end of turn. So again, just tracking a sort of like arbitrary thing. Um, and, yeah. and that's something I, I definitely want in uh, in my deck. I. 
this is just like I feel like a good card. Like I don't have any deck in particular that like really needs this card, but like I would just play this in cards. Mm -hmm. Soul Stealer Axe. Yeah. First of all, it's, it's only one mana and it's two mana into equip, which is already not you're talking my language. Like if I feel like this is prime picks, you know, where I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this this now has my my attention just because it only equips for two and it costs one mana. Equip creature has trample, which is already great. You're generally already playing with a bunch of big things in commander, slash people are just trying to jump block with one ones or whatever. And then whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you seek a card with mana value equal to that damage. This could easily just be you cascade with the right. number equal to that damage or you reveal top until you see a card yeah. that has or uh, reveal the top X cards where X is that and put one into your hand. This could easily have been any of those. It's just because it's the seek mechanic, which basically just says, hey, right, we're going to use the algorithm to find the card as opposed to you actually you know, having to turn cards over. But like, this is such a cool card. It, it pushes through damage. It gets you card advantage. It's an aggressive card and it's aggressively costed. Like, I feel like Eric, like <laughs> Eric, I feel like Eric is always just like, it's a, it's a beater. It's aggressively costed. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's his, like his, 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 uh, his motto. But yeah, like another one there's, uh, that I think, uh, commander players might be upset <laughs> that they didn't get is forsaken crossroads. It's the one land of the set, uh, enters the battlefield tapped when it enters, choose a color. And we already saw that with uh, one of the Snowlands from Kaldheim. So the only thing that makes it different um, is when it enters the battlefield, scry one. If you weren't the starting player, you may untap Forsaken Crossroads instead. Add one man of the chosen color. So the Jumpstart lands allow you to choose the color. The Snowland from Kaldheim allowed you to choose. I guess the thing is here referencing the starting player, which it, it, it seems like some of these things are, are kind of the difference between the unsets and regular magic in terms of this ability is something we can do in uncards and this is an ability we can do in black border and this is just like we've decided that turn order uh, number of turns and fighting winning fights that was a big one in gemstar horizons are all digital only abilities at this time the i saw the winning fights cards and i was like this is stupid this is a digital only card there are plenty of cards that already fight and like mm-hmm not in the same wording but basically do that also forsaken crossroads is basically just gemstone caverns which is a printed card i mean they printed it in time spiral back when yeah, they were yeah. like oh we're doing crazy things but like it's still it's still literally i'm gonna pull it up right now just so i can actually read it out gemstone cavern yeah just i just to make sure i'm not yeah, pulling shit I, out i think the ass, reasoning like, for the winning fights was something about like it's it's hard to define winning a fight or they would have to redefine what winning a fight means like is it your creature didn't die. I, I mean, I think the assumption and what it does mean is you killed the other creature and yours lived as like winning a fight. Um, I feel like everyone understands what that means. Right. Though. But it, you could write like, around. There's some things like, that are ambiguous and that's die not. this way. Do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gemstone Caverns literally says if it's in your opening hand and you're not the starting player, which I believe is the exact word on. Right. Yeah. Referencing yeah, the if you weren't player. the starting player. Yeah. Gemstone Caverns. If it's in your opening hand, you're not the starting player. Uh, you can start it with the, with it on the battlefield. That like yeah, this is literally a card that they've printed. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, I think the last thing I want to, the last mechanic that I want to talk about, that I think could have easily been done is the spellbook thing. Like I love that idea that like it, it really gives weight to like, you know kind of like how planeswalkers have their abilities. Right. It's like they're casting these different spells. It, the spellbook gives you know whatever 
I, I guess it's pretty much only printed on creatures or whatever. Uh, some planeswalkers. Yeah. But it's like, oh, the, these creatures can do these things. These are its abilities or these are its spells that it's casting. But there's literally Garth one. Yeah, I was thinking that, that same says, parallel. You tap him and then you get one of these cards. Why don't you just do that? You're like, you know, um, Tybalt, Wicked Tormentor. I, I think there's a, a cycle of these planeswalkers yeah. um, that it's like, do one of the abilities is do something, get a card from their spellbook. It's like, add red red draft a card from tybalt the wicked tormentor spellbook um you can cast that until end of turn it's like okay you can cast lightning bolt or tormenting voice or active treason like yeah there's no reason that they couldn't do that i don't know i, I just feel like and plus the other thing is i actually have no idea if these spellbook cards are like are they just other made-up cards, or are they existing cards? I believe you know? they're all existing cards at this time. I, kn I know there were some questions about... <laughs> in uh, the Pauper um, EDH community, there was a bit of an issue for a little bit because there's, I think, a Path to Exile in um, one card spellbook from Gemstar Horizons, and the rarities mm -hmm. of them aren't 100% clear. Um, and I, I think they were oh, eventually fixing that. But that's, do that. that's a whole other problem that's very specific to the P uh, Pauper and PDH formats. But yeah, that, so far they are existing cards and they are not, I, I think, other ones. As far as I know. I'm, yeah. But. And it's like there's already so many cards that don't have um, quote-unquote reminder text, basically text like in parentheses mm -hmm. that's like, hey, by the way, this is what this means. Like, you know, back in corsets. Right. They'd have like a card, like a 4-4 four, four trample for four. And it'd be like, trample means that, you know, right, right, excess yeah. combat damage goes straight, you know, like shit like that. So it's like... You can print cards that say that say make one of these cards, you know. And we have like the nice templating now where they, you know, do the bullets. Yeah. So it's like you could easily just be like, "Here's the condition: make one of these cards," and it doesn't have to be like twelve cards, like where you know. And you can balance it so that since like technically you're not getting like a random card, or we have dice rolling. You could easily just be like, roll a dice, get one of yeah. these five or one of these six options from the thing. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, rant over. But <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be... I think the thing for me is like there's no it, it it feels like even though I like the digital idea and I think it's good for uh the game to grow as a whole and also super good for like accessibility and stuff, having everyone being able to play online. Um the the digital cards just feel like they feel very ham-fisted. They're like, "Look at this guys, you can only do this online because computers, right?" Yeah. You know, like yeah, it, it's adding to, like, assuming the computer's required due to added complexity. Um, I, I think, right, I, I think the message I have on the end is, on the whole, I really like the idea of digital cards. I think some cards really work and only work in this space. Um, one, for example, Hinterland Chef uh, drafts a card and then it becomes a food and gains a food ability. And that's just kind of, like, a cool thing, but is a lot of different... If you're adding types and abilities and these other things it gets a little bit more complicated to keep track of but i think a lot of these could have been paper but it would be interesting to know where in the process the card began did it begin as a card idea and then alchemy was kind of a brainchild of someone and so these cards were kind of slotted because they were on the edge of complexity for paper or were these developed with the digital only in mind because that would be an interesting thing where is the development for alchemy and the digital only cards coming from and is it going to impact what we see or what we don't see in paper? Like, will there ever be a fight for a card to be in paper that was digital only if we're trying to also sell digital only packs? 
Yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, depending on where the development process is, so many of these could be tweaked even minorly mm -hmm. to be in paper. And I, I just wonder if you were just like, well, you know, we're already developing. Right. So many, like, why don't they, why aren't they just like, here's a supplemental set. It's alchemy. It's got a bunch of weird cards that do weird things. Here you go. Commander players. Here you go. Modern players. Here you go. Legacy, you know, yeah. like whatever. Um, it's like, what just, why don't you just put another set? Like, I, I don't know the, the, the logistics of it, but like, wouldn't another set just be like, well, here's more money. Right. I feel like they <laughs> at least have to break into, you know, yeah. you know, at least break even on printing costs for, for stuff like this, especially for commander players who love weird shit like this. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but, um, I, I don't know. I, my, my personal opinion is that we're, I feel like we're getting a little bit too far away from magic for, for what I like. And i I, I, originally I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the unset cards and, and since we have one coming up, but I think that might be a, a conversation for another day, maybe when that comes out, but I, I'm not, you, you like unset cards a lot more than I do. <laughs> and they have kind of gone from being very fun novelty things to nearly converging with paper. And honestly, that just pisses me off even more. Cause I'm just like, we'll just tweak them and make this another set. Mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, oh, it's funny and we're like making jokes, you know, like you can make jokes in a norm, in, you know, there's plenty of like funny things and, and flavorful uh, humor yeah. in normal magic. But that's a conversation for another day, aka what, three or four months when I, f I figured it out. It's a un unfinity. Unfinity. A, yeah. A April, I think yeah. April 2022. Okay. So assumingly we're still, we're still doing this by then. <laughs> I know it's only episode one, but I don't want to be presumptuous. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else? Any any other closing? No, I I I, I think that's it. I would I would love to hear, of course, everyone else's opinions. You know, people who are planning planning to play alchemy or have seen some interesting things. Um, are there groups that are trying to kind of make paper allegories of these for their decks? Like, is there something here that looks really interesting to you that you wish you could get in paper? Uh, and how do people feel about rebalancing cards? And you know, what complexities and confusion that brings to the table, especially when the nerfs are good. Uh, which is, <laughs> I guess, not nerf is not the word, word uh, rebalanced, but because uh, that could be an interesting thing as well. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I haven't looked through every single card, mm -hmm. but I feel like probably upwards of 90% of these cards are totally cool to like rule zero in your commander pod. Yeah. As, as long as you're fine with like the logistics and I don't know, maybe you have like some infinity tokens where you can like write them if, if this just like makes a card. But like, yeah. This seems, yeah. this seems definitely like <laughs> you could bring any of these to a commander table with rule zero if you buy the infinity tokens. Because those things, keep just erasable tokens, keep track of whatever you need, keep track of the number of turns that have passed, whatever. Like It's it's really just counters that the computer's keeping track of. Or just bring your, your favorite ab abacus, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it's like none of these cards are better than Cyclonic Rift or like Demonic Tutor, <laughs> so it's like... No one's gonna be like, oh no, that, I don't know, that's a little too powerful. Yeah. Your, uh, your, what was it, hinterland chef or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Hex drinkers after dark. A new thing that we're doing. First episode was great. Um, yeah. Let us know. Let us know if there's things that you want us to cover. Uh, like we said, this is kind of just gonna be like a screw it we're just going to talk about whatever mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll just kind of maybe we'll just talk about what's in the news or, or or more niche topics but um if you like those niche things and, and you're not getting your full fill from normal hex stringers content let us know because uh i can i can rant 
about anything, really. <laughs> you know, g- give me 10 minutes to, to read some random things on the mm. internet beforehand, and then I can just go. So, <laughs> If you want more uninformed I'll, opinions in your life, you've come to the right place. And even every now and then, maybe... A little informed. And an, an, an informed opinion, yeah. <laughs> I did... I did read what alchemy was before we did this <laughs> so and i have played arena quite 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 a bit actually um but yeah jewels chev hex shrinkers after dark it's time to go to bed <laughs>